So I guess the silence means it's my turn. (laughs) That video was just, um, wow, you were right in tune there, the I am's affirmation. So that was a really good, really good video. I enjoyed that. I didn't actually get to watch it this time around. I watched it in the first service. (laughs) But... Okay. All right, got to open the notes. I'll get lost and we'll only be in here 10 minutes. (laughs) Of course, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you would enjoy that. (laughs) But I just wanted to ask, starting out, um, for those of you who heard me share a few weeks ago, How has it been going with judgments? Have you been able to catch yourself and really work on that and stay out of that? Let me tell you, it's a process still for me. So life is a process, right? Hopefully we continue to change and continue to grow and work on that. Um, One thing I've noticed talking with some different people that... um, They've had a struggle with using the word good. Like even coming up after I shared, nobody wanted to tell me I did a good job because, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to be in judgment, right? But um, good is still an affirmation. If you tell somebody, you know, you did a good job, it's still an affirmation. So there is a difference between a judgment and an affirmation. And... um, Let me just say, though, that as you're thinking about, well, I don't want to say good, that's perfectly normal and that's okay to be conscious of that because you need to be aware. And being aware is actually a small step toward a big change. And until you're aware of it, you can't change. But just to help, I want to clarify that affirmations are a positive thing. They're helpful. They're beneficial. When you um, affirm yourself or somebody else, you're helping with their self-esteem. You're helping build their confidence, your own confidence. Um, So it's really good. I said it. There it is. It's really good. (laughs) But... Let me give another example I shared um, earlier. You go up and say, Joanne, you look really good today. That's affirming, right? It helps you feel better. But if I said, Joanne, your hair is awesome today, it just really accentuates your beautiful features. Does that make you feel better than just you look good today? Yeah. More confidence building? Yeah. Wow, I really like that color on you. It brings out your skin tone in a beautiful way. I like that. (laughs) Is that more affirming than, you look good today? (laughs) Oh, you're so handsome in that color. (laughs) All right. Now we got the right affirmation. So, (laughs) just affirmation is is a healthy thing that just helps build confidence and esteem. 
like I've already just said, that I'm still in the process of learning to stop judgments. Um, let me share an experience that I had just a couple weeks ago. I'm out shopping at the store. I'm walking along and I look up and I see a woman. And my first thought when I see her is, holy cow, did she not look in the mirror before she left? I mean, look at the way she's dressed. And come on, how hard is it to run a comb through your hair? Okay, stop. That's a judgment, right? Okay, let me think. What's a different way I could think of this? Wow, she's dressed kind of eclectic and bold. And wow, her hair, she must be a really confident person and not really care what other people think. I bet she's kind of interesting, and I might even like to get to know her. And at that point, I'd switched from the judgment, and I was able to walk away from that mirror feeling happy and carefree. (laughs) Aren't we sometimes the biggest judge of ourselves? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, I still fall a little bit into that of judging other people. But, If you catch it and make a conscious change, it can totally change how you relate to yourself, how you relate to other people. So I already shared an example a few weeks ago, for those of you who weren't here, how I um, struggle with anger. And I was really in a lot of judgment over that. Judged myself constantly about my temper problem. So I I don't want to go back into that, but it's clear I do still have to catch myself. But notice, I stop myself in the middle of that, make a conscious decision. No, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to look at this a different way. So... In that, in that judgment, that first thought process that I had where I wasn't liking the way I looked, I was kind of feeling yucky about myself. But then, when I was able to turn it around, then I was able to feel better, have more confidence, and it really doesn't matter. I know I can look really good, so it really doesn't matter what I was looking like at the time. I'm happy with myself. I feel good. (laughs) Good. There's that word again. It's okay. (laughs) Well, I want to ask you, I'm going to have you do a little exercise today. Have you ever been able to be in a place of judgment and still feel love towards somebody? We're going to, we're going to do a little exercise. I want you right now, To take a minute, think about someone in your life, a a family member, a co-worker, um, maybe a friend whom you're not feeling real friendly to right now, um, maybe even a situation that you're struggling with, and it's that person or that situation is an irritation to you. And you think about them and you just start kind of feeling irritated and upset and happy. I'm going to just give you a moment. Get in touch with that feeling.
If you need to close your eyes, go ahead. Okay, now open your eyes. I don't want to leave you there too long because we don't want too much anger going on in here, right? Shake it off. Look around. Look at somebody you like. All right. Now, I want you to, instead of think of somebody that's an irritant, think of somebody, a relative or a pet or just somebody in your life that you really love. A situation. It could be a situation that you're really happy that's going really, really good for you. Something that just brings out a lot of love in your heart. You need to close your eyes to really feel that, to think about that, and just be with that feeling of love. All right. Open your eyes. Look around. Okay. Now, if you just think about that feeling of irritation, now think about that feeling of love. Do they feel the same? No, not at all, huh? You cannot be in a place of judgment and love. Well, you may be thinking, I wasn't judging, I was irritated. But what you don't realize, maybe, is that when you think about that situation, that person, you're coming from a place of irritation. I mean, judgment. Can you see how what you're, you're irritated about was a judgment? Oh, they're not doing this right. They were so whatever, mean to me, so whatever. And I know, I know you're thinking that, no, I'm, I'm still not judging them. They're just not acting right. But if you look at that, can you see how they're not causing the irritation? Your judgment is? It's what you've chosen to believe that they're doing wrong that's causing you the irritation. You have given them power over you because they're causing you to be irritated. The irritation is the effect. So if you can take that judgment instead of looking at you know, what they're doing wrong or whatever the situation is that applies to you. Maybe it's not, you know, however they've wronged you or whatever is going on. I don't know your situations. If you can take that instead of thinking of what's causing the irritation, replace that with a feeling of appreciation. If you can't think of anything you appreciate about that person's situation, Think about um, some peace. Just bring a sense of peace in and think about them and cover them in peace. If you need affirmation toward them, everybody has something good about them. Everybody. Because we are all created in God's image. You can think of something to affirm in them. Um, Here's a big one. If we feel we've been wronged, forgiveness. Instead of looking at um, how we feel we've been wronged, we can go at it from forgiveness. 
Well, they didn't respond the way that I thought they should have. They were just mean. But I choose to forgive them. And notice, it's all a choice. You have to make a conscious effort to do this. And when you do, those um, feelings of irritation and judgment will be replaced by love. You'll be able to start loving them and seeing them through the eyes of God, who is the source of love. And when that happens, you actually are then taking back the power because you now have the power to cause change in the situation. Now, I want to look at some scripture. I'm going to start with Mark 12, 28 through 31. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he, is Jesus, had answered them, well, he asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all all your mind, and with all your strength. Basically, your entire being. Love God. This is the first commandment. The second one, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. I used to read that and think I needed to love my neighbor as much as myself which I've kind of already shared wasn't a whole lot sometimes. So I didn't need to worry about necessarily loving my neighbor a whole lot, right? (laughs) Well, no. Actually, sometimes I'd work a little harder at loving them because I didn't love myself a whole lot and I didn't want to be as mean to them as I am to me. (laughs) But that's not actually what this says. I mean... You can read it that way. But let me just try something a little different on. It's a subtle difference. But if you read it as love your neighbor as yourself, love your neighbor as if they are yourself, as an extension of yourself. Now, I may not like myself sometimes a whole lot, but I'm not going to cause myself harm. And I understand there's people out there that do that. And, I mean... They can get some help, I pray. But that's not a normal response, right? You normally don't want to harm yourself. You're still going to take care of yourself. You're still going to eat. You're still going to sleep. You're going to care for yourself. So I want to give that same care to others around me. Luke 6. 27 through 38. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. 
To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you do also to them likewise. Now, I don't know about any of you, but um, growing up in my young years and even, you know, throughout the years, I've read this passage that when somebody comes up and mistreats you, you just need to take it. Well, what kind of stance does that put you in? Victim. It makes you feel like a victim. And as I'd already shared a few weeks ago, when I felt like a victim, it made me angry. I wasn't feeling love. I wasn't doing this out of love. I was doing this because he tells us, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Well, okay, doggone it. They were so mean to me. God, I can't believe how mean they were to me. But, all right, I'll pray for them. Bless them, Lord. But am I doing that out of love? No. But that's how I was reading that he was telling us to act. I just had to do it because that's what he said. But it's building up resentment and anger in me, right? Yeah, it was. I'm looking at the scripture totally different these days. I think Jesus is saying, this is going to happen to you. People are going to speak bad of you. They're going to use you and abuse you. That's part of life. And when you do, you need to make a conscious choice to release them, forgive them, let it go. Don't hold on to the anger and the wrong that they've done to you. And just as you want men to do to you, you don't want them to treat you that way. So don't treat others that way. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. The world, if somebody shows them love, they're going to typically love them back. Unless they've just got so much anger and bitterness in them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unfaithful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So here he's saying, love your enemies. Do good. What? Hoping for nothing in return? Now, I thought we were supposed to expect a return, right? Here again, I think he's saying that it's going to happen, that you're not going to get anything in return. But how great is your reward going to be when you're able to release that and not judge it, not hold on to that, 
release them from that expectation and love them anyway. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. When we talk about giving our finances in this, but in the context, he's talking about loving, right? So if we're giving out love, that is going to come back to us. So I'd, I'd already shared, right, that I've had struggles with self-talk. I've had troubles with loving myself. I don't know where any of you are today. If you have struggles with that, um, you know, I'd pay attention to what I would say throughout the day, and sometimes it wouldn't be very pretty. God, I'm so stupid. I'm such a knucklehead. I can't do anything right. Why do I have to be so mean? I hate that I'm so mean. And if I was ever mean to any of you, I apologize. I am so sorry. That's not how I want to be. But I even had self-talk about how I didn't like how I looked. Now look at me. I'm an attractive woman, right? (laughs) Okay, I don't know. (laughs) Why would I talk to myself that way? I don't know. We do that. And it's not healthy. It brings us down and leaves us feeling yucky. We need to let go of those judgments. Even on ourselves. So, you know, I gave the example of me judging myself in the store. That, wow. But you notice, I made a conscious decision. I'm not going to think that way. I am going to be affirming. I'm going to stop that thought process now. But I used to stay there. And the result would be more judgment, a lower sense of self, no affirmation. And basically just yucky feelings. So last fall, I wasn't struggling just with anger. I had a general sense of dissatisfaction in my life. Uh, basically just not real happy. Aaron was gone a lot. And when he was home, we weren't necessarily enjoying each other. I wasn't necessarily enjoying the boys. I mean, they're boys. They're loud. They're busy. They're making messes. I don't understand them. They like to talk about farts and belch and do it, and it's just loud and gross to me. I'm a girl, very much a girl. I don't understand that stuff. (laughs) It's not enjoyable to me. So, wasn't enjoying them as much as, unfortunately, I've, I've changed that. I've learned to just go with the flow and enjoy them regardless. (laughs) 
turn. (laughs) So, and at the risk of being judged by you all, I'm going to be transparent. I was also struggling with my relationship with God. I wasn't real happy with where I was. Wasn't experiencing his love, his joy, his peace, his patience. Obviously, I shared about the anger. I wasn't experiencing much self-control. So I'm not having a lot of fruit of the Spirit. I'm also looking at Jesus' life and some of the things he promised to us, and I'm not seeing that. He says that if we follow him, that we can not only do the works he did, I mean, he's raising people from the dead, but we should be able to do greater works. I can't even get over a cold. I'm not experiencing these greater works. I'm getting really troubled and discouraged in my faith. I'm reading the Bible and reading stuff like Luke 6. And instead of seeing um, a walk of power, I'm seeing a walk of judgment and victimization. So I'm not in a good place last fall. And I had come to a point where I decided I can't keep living like this. Now, I just make a side note because I understand that happiness, you can't go through life without experiencing some unhappiness. It's a part of life. But I don't believe, especially as followers from the source of life, whose source is love, he is love, he is joy, peace. As followers of God, unhappiness should not be how we live. Now, that's not to say I wasn't experiencing some happy moments, but unhappiness or happiness wasn't permanent. I'd have a moment and then I'd go back to my unhappiness and dissatisfaction. So at any rate, I'd come to this place where I decided I'm willing to let go of everything. Let go of my family. Let go of my home. Let go of my religion. And that's not to say I was going to let go of God. Because honestly, that is so firm in me. That I can't let go of that. But I can't read passages like this anymore. And still walk with God in a way that I believe he's loving. So I was willing to let go of everything. And then we go to this conference. And I hear this man, Greg Braden who comes from very much a different worldview than I had been immersed in my whole life. And I'm hearing some things that are opening my mind to a different way of thinking. And I shared that before. But he also gives a practical way of how I can get into my heart and consciously 
make changes that will affect my life. Well, I've already decided to let go of everything. I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to try it. So I try it, and lo and behold, I start seeing changes in my heart. And what do I find out? I don't have to let go of all of my circumstances. I don't have to let go of my family because it's in me that I need to start making these changes. Well, I thought I'd kind of already done that when I accepted Jesus as my Savior, right? That's the start of changing the heart. But let me go back. Because I wasn't experiencing this life flow, I was even ready to let go of some of those beliefs. I'm still holding on to Jesus, but how does this work? I don't know. So I go through all these different transformations. I get in touch with affirmation, appreciation, and my heart starts changing. And I find out that in order to walk in the love that Jesus is describing, where I can let go of these things that I had been judging, I can let go of anger that had been building in my relationship with my husband over most of the stuff is just silly misunderstandings. How crazy is that? We hold on to this anger and these judgments over misunderstandings. Instead of trusting the love in each other's hearts that I love you and you love me. And I'm not going to go with this misunderstanding. I'm going to go with love. But in order to walk in the love that Jesus is describing, we have to make a conscious effort to change the way we think. And I can tell you from experience, it's not always easy. Sometimes those thought processes are just so strong that it's easier just to let them go and not fight it (laughs) than to stop and say, no, I'm not going to think that way. I am going to make a conscious effort to turn it and say, wow, you're dressed kind of eclectic and bold today. Kind of interesting. Looks kind of fun. That takes some effort. <laughs> yeah. Feels a lot better. But it's not always easy. And you have to work to turn it around. So I've even had to work at turning around some of the passages I read, as I've shared. I look at this passage and, wow, he's not talking about making yourself a victim. He's talking about making yourself empowered by releasing these things, letting them go. Don't hold on to the wrong that they've done to you. Stop judging them. Love them. And that will give you power. Okay. (laughs) I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're dissatisfied with your life, 
maybe you're really happy and you're experiencing God at wonderful levels. Awesome. Please don't change that. Um, One thing I shared in the earlier service, there was a time that a lot of us had gone through years and years ago. And I had um, shared a few weeks ago that I was brought up in a church, in a Christian family. But, you know, for whatever reason, I had a lens of looking at Scripture where I saw the victim and the judgment in everything. I don't know if it was the way they were teaching it or if the way that I heard it. I don't know. But a group of us were getting together and praying, and I started to see things differently. And we were all so excited and experiencing God and just having a wonderful time. And there were some people in the church at the time that would come to us and say, I know this seems fresh and new to you, but we've been there before too, and your time will come. Someday you won't be feeling that so much anymore, and you'll just have to trust and stay with God, even though the excitement's not there. Well... I had kind of gotten there this last fall. What I didn't realize is I was going back to the same belief of God's judging me. And I'm a victim. And I have no power. So now I'm looking at scripture. I'm seeing it again fresh. Seeing, no, that's not what it is. God wants me to have power and rise above this stuff. Um, I... I almost can't read anything in the Bible anymore without totally transforming things that I hear in the Christian community about judgments. Um, One thing that was discouraging to me in the fall was looking at Facebook and reading, you know, somebody just had an opinion about, you know, say the scripture I just shared you'd have dozens of other Christians coming out and saying, no, that's wrong. Jesus is saying judgment, condemnation. And there's just all this anger and fighting and bitterness. And it was very discouraging to me to see that going on. But I can't look at that anymore. I mean, even when I see some of the angst going on. It doesn't affect me. It was very discouraging then. Now it's just, well, unfortunately, they just don't see the love of God. I can't look at scripture and see judgment in it anymore. Because God is love. That's who his being is. His whole character encompasses love. And everything that I do when I'm making a conscious effort, I'm doing out of love. It's a response of love. So anyway, back to, I don't know if any of you are where I was, but I just want to encourage you to do the work of bringing change. Make that conscious effort. There are no quick fixes. And that's not to say that um, there's not help. 
But there's not a quick fix of some strong anointing that is just going to, boom, hit you like lightning and suddenly I have no problems and I'm going to be carefree. Now, prayer is a support and it can help you and make you feel better. And anointings can break some yokes. But unless you do the work of bringing about the change in your own life, in your own heart, it's not going to stick. But you don't have to make those changes alone. You can still get prayer. Get support. Um, Aaron has been a wonderful support to me through all of this. He has been an awesome encourager. I, you know, had said that I was prepared to let it all go, including my relationship with him. I thank God that it didn't have to come to that. But because I was able to let it go, God was able to bring in transformation and change. Jesus says it this way. If you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you let go of it, you'll get eternal life in return. And our relationship has been transformed and remade. And there is so much life and joy in it. It's just I can't even think of letting it go now. But if we ever got back to it, God forbid... Yeah, let it go. But back to find a support system. He's been my support. A friend. This church is a great support. If you need help, find somebody here. Get support. And always, always, always... God's present. He is our source. He is our life. Everything that we have comes from the source of life. I mean, after all, the fruit of the Spirit that I felt I was lacking, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, all of that, comes from God. He is our source. And one thing in um, my experience that I have found through going through all of this, of course, I've emphasized it this morning, is making those positive affirmations. And it's hard to break the thoughts of judgment when you're not used to doing that. So I would practice. The Internet is just a wonderful tool of information. Just look up affirmations on Google and you will find boatload of sites that will help you find affirmations and speak those over your life. But that is um, a great tool that helps break those negative states of judgment. We've been starting to do that on Sunday mornings, and that's part of the reason why, is because it will break those negative thought patterns. And so we didn't do that before because I wanted to lead you all in the affirmations now as just an example of how to break those states. So um, if you want to say them with with me, I'm not going to say them, have you repeat them. Let's all say them together. 
as we have been. I am a child of the divine. I love myself. I am imperfect and I love myself. I am a good receiver. I love myself. I am worthy. I love myself. I am a powerful person. I love myself. My relationships reflect my heart's desires. I love myself. There is enough for me. I love myself. I am safe. I love myself. I am moving towards perfection in a quick and harmonious way. I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. I love myself. I express myself freely, fully, and easily. I love myself. I am powerful, loving, and creative. I love myself. I am a loving co-creator with the Lord. I love myself.